This is Reset. I'm Michael Puente in for Sasha Ann Simons. By now, you've noticed that everything has gotten more expensive lately, from a cup of coffee to a tank of gas. Took me like $60 just to fill up mine. Inflation has fluctuated a lot over the course of the pandemic, and we reached a new milestone. Consumer prices increased 8.4% in March. That's the sharpest increase since December 1981. This hurts consumers' pockets, and it's also having an impact on business owners. And small businesses are getting the brunt of it. So today, we're checking in with the heads of several local businesses, a hair salon, a candy store, a food pantry, to hear how they're holding up. First, we have Laura Bobton on the line. She's owner of Sinquilan Salons, which has locations in Andersonville, Lakeview, and Westtown. Laura, welcome to Reset. Hi there. It's great to be here. Fantastic. Well, there these have been a, a tough couple of years for businesses. How are things as of today at your salons? Well, luckily, we're doing better than ever. Um, as the pandemic brought our team closer together and built trust between each other, um, we really honed in on what's important to us individually and as a team. And I think being an established band for 28 years in Chicago also helped keep us on top. Sure, sure. You know, Laura, in one survey, 89% of businesses have had to raise prices since the start of the pandemic. Has that been sort of the case for you at your salons? Yes, absolutely. Um, right out of 2020, when we came out of lockdown, we knew that we had to raise our prices because of working at reduced capacity, the increased cost of doing business, p- applying, uh, you know, supplying PPE to the team and our clients. So that all made it a necessity to do that. We haven't raised our prices since we reopened um, as, as a whole across the board. And we're hoping we're trying to keep a, a handle on that. Sure. So, Lord, uh, sort of give us an understanding of how your business works. What, what in particular is driving prices higher? Well, definitely the product um, companies have increased their cost of us buying wholesale products about 20%. Uh, the you know supply chain, of course, everything is more expensive. So when all the supplies that we buy are 20% higher, you know, where does that money come from? So Sure. Sure. And then when you're sitting there and you're wondering, I mean, when do you, how do you decide when to raise prices? Well, I'm constantly, you know, on top of all of our finances and just looking to see that we have enough money to run the payrolls. It's kind of like a a rolling game of like income versus expenses in and out. And uh, so we are holding tight at the moment, but it is looking like with inflation being so bad that we are going to have to do a company wide increase just to stay, you know, profitable. Now, how normally has your customers responded to some of these uh, price increases? Yeah, for the most part, Chicago is so supportive of small business and are, are very understanding and very in tune to what's going on. So we've had a range of reaction, nothing major. We've had people people space out their service times more. They're waiting longer between appointments. Um, mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, they. other than that, they have, we haven't heard too many complaints, which has been awesome. Now, you mentioned a little bit how some of the products that you uh, offer have risen in prices. Anything else uh, at your salon that has gone up? Well, it's it's basically everything, including, you know, um, you know, we own the some of the properties our salons are in, so the increase in real estate taxes, like everything, have, rents have to increase, so everything gets more expensive. I think 
entirely the whole food is, you know, more expensive, um, you know, labor costs, you know, everything that goes into running my business is at least 20% higher than I think wow. 2019. Well, can you tell us a little bit more about your business? How many people do you manage? I'm um, sure we've been open since 1993 and I have mm-hmm. 50 employees at the moment. Wow. Okay. You know, another trend, Laura, that we're seeing is employers paying more to attract workers. Uh, what is, has that been sort of the case for you as well? Yes. I mean, we, you know, it started with the increase in minimum wage. So we were sort of, we were, uh, you know, kind of working towards paying people more and more anyways, but the pandemic really kicked that into high gear. Uh, staffing shortages are very, very real. Um, right now we're fully staffed for the first time since the pandemic. So I'm knocking on wood, uh, but I definitely am paying people more. And um, to compensate, I have less people doing the support staff jobs and I'm paying them more money. Now you mentioned, you know, your, 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 your salons have been around for a while. Has that, has customer loyalty helped you sort of get through this pandemic? Oh my God. Absolutely. I mean, Chicago is just such a great town to, to have a small business. Uh, Our clients are so loyal, supportive, appreciative. Um, And so many people have been coming to us forever and we have tons of new business, um, the customer loyalty, and I think Chicago, that's, to me, one of the things that makes Chicago the best city in the world. <laughs> now, do you think <laughs> there are any particular difficulties in, say, running a salon through this chaotic time? Yeah, you know, there's a lot of anxiety still uh, in my staff and some clients. But as a leader, I'm also under the microscope for decisions I have to make that impact my staff and customers. So these decisions have to be made in ambiguity, there's insufficient information, there's public policy variations, constantly changing COVID mandates. It's very difficult to navigate. And I also think the politicization of public health practices is, is very detrimental sure. um, to to running the running the business because you do get some pol- you do get some people that are on both sides of the issue. Sure. Trying to please everybody isn't always, you know Oh, you're not always able to do that. I bet. I bet. So let me ask you this. What would you like to see state leaders do to help out businesses like yours, like yours? Absolutely. Um, I think state leaders can help by giving small business owners more say um, in some of the decisions, like actually asking us what we think. Um, they We need more time to implement the changes that they're mandating, um, including, you know, include our voice in the conversation, have clearer objectives. Um, about what we're supposed to be doing during, you know, all of these, you know, rapidly, rapid changing environment. It's, it's hard to navigate. So I think a little bit of notice, sometimes these mandates are thrown out and you're like tomorrow, like, oh my God, you know? So um, I think there's just a lot of confusion for me about what we are supposed to be doing, especially this summer with Masks are off or masks on or masks, you know, vaccinated, non-vaccinated. I don't know. It's it's a lot. (laughs) Well, what are you doing at your salons? Are you requiring customers to to continue wearing masks? Well, we voted at each location and the majority ruled on that. So uh, one location is staying masks and the other two are masks optional for vaccinated. So we do require all of our staff to be vaccinated and boosted and our clients can take their masks off in our Lakeview and Andersonville location if they are vaccinated. They have to show proof of vaccination to, to go maskless. Sure. But people are still getting COVID, you know. Right. I mean, it's, it's so it's, uh, it's you know, I just think uh, this virus is a very um, sneaky little 
bugger, sure, and we, you know, sure. it's doing, <laughs> doing things and we're trying to keep up, right? Right. Right. Well, that's Laura Bonten, owner of Sine Quanan Salons. Let's turn now to Reina Gonzalez, owner of Duceria La Fiesta, a piñata and candy store in Rogers Park. Reina, welcome to Reset. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Fantastic. Reina, to start, can you tell us about your business and how you got started? Yeah. <clears throat> yes. Yeah. So we're a Mexican candy um, party supply. So we bought our business in 20, I came from a corporate world over 20 years plus, wow. and we decided to, um, we're getting older, so we wanted to put a business, and we didn't know what exactly, but we knew we had to put a business, um, and this store was for sale, and we took it, we took the opportunity, and we ran with it, right? So that was in 2018, I quit my job, um, took over the business, but in 2018, when we were 20 days in, the store burned. So, oh, my God. Yeah, so it was like a total loss um, for, for us. And, of course, it took them about two years and a half for them to rebuild the building. We decided to stay in the same location since it was already known. And since we were new owners, so um, we decided to stay. So then, of course, after two, uh, in 2020, the, you know, the pandemic hit. So we're like, it's now or never. So we decided to open right in the middle of the pandemic. <laughs> so let me let me ask you about the piñatas. Do you uh-huh. make them yourself? Yes, I taught myself how to make them, um, and it took me about a month to do just one, just because I wanted to um, make it best possible to match the character. And um, it, it was a lot of work, you know, because it was na- days and nights, you know, trying to sure. configure that stuff. So until I perfectioned it, I mean, I'm not perfectioned it, right? But you know, tried to be closest to the to the character, and thank God that that's one of our um, top sellers, which is our custom piñatas. So, wow, wow. And do you have yeah. any help making these piñatas? No, it's just myself just and yourself. my husband when he can, you know, because <laughs> right now he, he has his job because it's the business, you know, until it grows, mm-hmm. we can't, he can't quit, you know? Right. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Okay, well, let's talk about your inventory prices. Has anything gotten significantly more expensive for you? Uh, yes, the candy uh, keeps going up. So because our candy is special, candy comes from Mexico. So every time you get um, you go on supply on some stuff, you seem like it seems like the prices get higher and higher. You know, mm-hmm. so I'm not by a small margin; it's by a big margin. You know, so um, we've been hurt a lot from the pandemic because we're a party store. Right. So a lot of um, you know, no gatherings, so that really hit us. Um, we started off good in um, 2020 and then 2021, but then in, like, at the end of um, fall, it really it really went down. So, like, we've been struggling ever since. So, but it looks like it's picking up a little bit right now. Right. Um, thank God. But, you know, it's, we're, we're right now we're putting out our, our pockets because, you know, there's no customers coming in. So it's it's really tough. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Have you had to raise your prices? Yes, we have. Mm-hmm. I actually thought it was something that we were doing wrong, so I started lowering my prices. Well, maybe they think it's, we're too expensive, but um, so I started kind of like some um, candies that are really competitive around the area. I lowered some prices, and then on some, you know, that that's not competitive, you know, I stayed. But, yeah, so what I've been doing has been raising my prices on my piñatas. 
Right. Well, you say you say your candy comes from Mexico. Have you even thought about maybe just going with American-made candy and just go the cheaper route? If that if well, that's a cheaper route. Well, the, there's distributors here that bring the candy to Mexico, so we uh, we get them from here from the distributors here. Um, but you know, yeah, we are trying to implement more um, um, diverse candy. So, um, but our selections are few right now. Yeah. Well, let me ask you this. What type of changes have you had to make to your business to, to stay afloat? <laughs> That's a good question. So work, work, work hard, you know? So I, right now I am working outside, um, to, you know, sustain rent and bills right now. Um, if I know it's not going to be forever, but right now it is a challenge because, um, I'm lucky if I get. 10 customers, you know, so sure. it, it's really, really hard. So I have to work outside. Right. Well, let me ask you this. Have has your community, the Rogers Park area that you're in, have, have they kind of supported you? Have they showed up yes. for you? Yes. I, I'm so grateful for them because um, I was so lost when, you know, the business burned and stuff. I didn't know what direction to go. I didn't know if I wanted to, you know, keep going um, because, you know, I had lost everything. So I came across this um, Rogers Park, um, I think it was a call, and they were trying to, because of the pandemic, how to, to help small businesses, you know? And so I went in there, you know, asking questions about what, you know, if they can help me in any way, you know, because back then they were giving the PP loans, but I didn't qualify any of that stuff because I, I wasn't running in 2019. So. Yeah. So as of now, I don't qualify for anything because I opened right in the middle of pandemic. But they help me in other ways, um, like um, with consultants. You know, they have programs where, you know, they help me set up my website. You know, if customers weren't coming in, I have a website, you know, um, just changes, like support that I needed that I didn't know about. So I'm mm-hmm. so grateful for them because... I'm still here. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, that's Reina Gonzalez, owner of Duceria La Fiesta, a piñata and candy store in Rogers Park. Reina, thank you so much for checking in with us. Thank you so much for having me. And if you're just tuning in, you're listening to Reset. I'm Michael Puente in for Sasha Ann Simons. We're talking about how inflation is impacting various businesses in Chicago. We just heard from two for-profit businesses. Now we turn to a nonprofit in Chicago. On the line with us now is Kelly O'Connell, CEO of Lakeview Pantry. Kelly, welcome back to Reset. Thank you. Thanks for having me today. Great. Have you, Kelly, have you seen an increase in people coming to the Lakeview Pantry recently? Uh, We have, and honestly, it's been ongoing since the pandemic hit in March of 2020. Um, Lakeview Pantry has been serving more people than at any point in our 52-year history. We're obviously off the peak of the crisis now, but we continue to serve far more people than pre-pandemic times. In fact, we're seeing more families with kids and more mothers pushing strollers coming into the door. Uh, We are up about 25% just since January. Wow. Wow. And uh, what do you what do you do you attribute this directly to, say, inflation? Yeah, you know, it's hard to know exactly what causes our numbers to go up and down at any given time. But food costs have clearly spiked. Um, Groceries are up about 10 percent, which I just read today is the biggest spike since 1981. This is a huge increase for our families already struggling to put food on their table. But there are so many other factors at play, too, right? The rising oil prices have forced people to make tough decisions, often between putting gas in their car or putting food on their table. 
And so families have less money to spend on food and the food they're buying is more expensive. So that's really a one-two punch, right? After some people feel like, oh, I made it through the pandemic already and now this is happening. Uh, It's really tough right now. Right, right, right. Are there any items right now that are sort of harder to come by for people or for your pantry? Yeah, I think so. In general, fresh food is more expensive, produce, dairy, protein. And it's really important to us at Lakeview Pantry to make sure that we offer a wide range of groceries when people come in. And so the majority of the food that we donate is, or that we distribute is donated. Uh, often it comes from grocery stores, right? If they're seeing increases in costs, they're gonna, they may have less product to donate. Um, and in the past month or so, we've had a decline in the amount of produce and protein. So that creates a more challenging environment for hunger relief organizations like us because it means we have to spend more of our operating revenue on food. So that stretches our operating budget to make sure that we have the food that people need when they turn to us to receive their, you know, the food for their families. Uh, we're also spending more, just like other businesses, um, to run our business and to distribute food, uh, put gas in our trucks, uh, keep the lights on. All of those things are increasing for us as well. Are you surprised about the number of people are, that are starting to to having to use the Lakeview Pantry? I'm not surprised given what's been happening in, in the country and in the world. I think um, the global pandemic has impacted so many businesses and so many sectors uh, that you really see some sectors get hard hit, right? So we're finding people who might have worked in the hospitality industry. Maybe they uh, were working two or three jobs, had maybe a month or two of cushion and had to burn through that pretty quick when, you know, restaurants shut down or other things shut down. And those people are, you know, bouncing back, getting into jobs, uh, but it still is hard to make those uh, wages stretch uh, to make sure that you have enough, you know, money to, to do everything that you need to do, rent, utilities, you know, basics like food it can be really tough when you're trying to to rebound and then add on a, a, a you know, eight and a half percent of inflation. That's really, really hard on a, a family's budget. What about donations to the Lakeview Pantry? Do you get donations and uh, have has that been impacted? Uh, we do get donations. So we get a couple different kinds of donations. People donate food to help us uh, keep our pantry stocked and ourselves and our warehouses stocked. But people also donate, donate money. Um, and that allows us to operate, pay our staff. It also allows us to purchase food when, when in-kind donations are down. And throughout the pandemic, the response from our donors and volunteers and partners has been incredible. We are starting to get a little concerned about donor and volunteer fatigue, though, more than two years into the crisis. And so I really can't emphasize enough how important it is that people still uh, raise their hand and help uh, if they're able, if they're in a position to be able to help, whether it's us or your local neighborhood food pantry. We want to make sure that um, those who are able to either donate or step in with their time have the opportunity to do that. Kelly, I'm going to end on the on a question that I asked one other guest. Uh, how can local leaders and the Chicago community support you and your cause? Yeah, that's a really great question. I really appreciate it. I think anyone who is inspired and is in a position to help during this difficult t- time can go to lakeviewpantry.org to donate or to sign up to volunteers. We have usually over about 4,000 volunteers and we need those members of our community to come in and help us do what we do. We also need donors. Um, It's very needed and appreciated. Uh, If Lakeview Pantry, uh, you know, isn't in your neighborhood, 
uh, feel free to look up um, the Greater Chicago Food Depository's website, and you can find a place to volunteer uh, through that website, too. Well, that's Kelly O'Connell, CEO of Lakeview Pantry. Thanks for being with us, Kelly. Kelly.